Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit, and they shall be created. Thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Remember thy congregation, which thou hast possessed from the beginning. Let us pray. O God, who dost instruct the hearts of the faithful that alight to the Holy Spirit, grant that by the gift of the same Spirit we may be truly wise, ever rejoice in his consolation, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Seat of Wisdom, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Philip Neri, pray for us. St. Francis de Sales, pray for us. Blessed Juvenal, pray for us. Blessed Salvio, pray for us. Blessed Sebastian, pray for us. St. John Henry, pray for us. St. John of God, pray for us. St. Jean de Brebeuf, pray for us. St. John the Baptist, pray for us. St. Luke, pray for us. St. Mark She, pray for us. St. Andrew Kim, pray for us. St. Andre Bissette, pray for us. St. Martin de Porres, pray for us. St. Peter Claver, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. St. Lorenzo Ruiz, pray for us. St. Francis of Assisi, pray for us. St. Norbert, pray for us. St. Benedict, pray for us. St. Antoninus, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. St. Catherine of Siena, pray for us. St. Teresa of Avila, pray for us. St. Marie of the Incarnation, pray for us. St. Kateri, pray for us. St. Bukita, pray for us. St. Alfonso, pray for us. St. Teresa of Calcutta, pray for us. St. Therese of Lisieux, pray for us. St. Edith Stein, pray for us. St. Marguerite Bourgeois, pray for us. Blessed Catherine of St. Augustine, pray for us. St. Agnes, pray for us. All you angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Life of St. Philip Neri by Antonio Galonio. Section 16, Chapter 189. His Body is Laid to Rest. After three days had passed, the fathers decided to enclose the body in a wooden coffin and bury it in the common burying place near the high altar. When Cardinal Federico Borromeo heard of this, he took it very badly, for he was devoted to the memory of Blessed Philip. He thought it was not fitting for such a great man to be buried in that place, for God had distinguished him through miracles and virtue. All posterity would come to know of the outstanding holiness of his life and death. Accordingly, he began to put pressure on the fathers to have him buried elsewhere, with greater honor befitting his greatness. They conferred with Cardinal Alessandro de' Medici, and he was deposited for the moment in a higher place. The event proved that this was the will of God more than of man, for the place of burial chosen for him was one which, as it turned out, he himself had predicted a few days before his death 
albeit in an obscure manner. At the command of the same Cardinal Alessandro, they constructed a new wooden coffin so that Philip's body might be more decently laid to rest. In this he was laid, dressed in priestly vestments, while his sons grieved over him. It seemed remarkable to many of us that although his body had been bereft of its soul for three days, it retained the same appearance as before. You would think he was only just dead or even still alive. His cold limbs had not stiffened in death, which is what we observe usually in dead bodies, but could be flexed in all directions as if he were alive. His flesh seemed so soft to the touch as that of a child. Finally, the workmen constructed an arch over the recess where the body lay. The place of burial where Philip was first buried began to be treated with great veneration by everyone as it is still today. You could see little models of gold, silver, or wax attached to his grave in votive tablets, the sure sign of the miracles that were worked there. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, Ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, apostle of Rome, counselor of popes, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. When a priest dies, he is vested in his priestly vestments. He's buried in priestly vestments. He's dressed as a priest. He's laid into the earth. Why is this? Well, the church is telling us, not only here in St. Philip's burial, but in every priestly burial, the most important thing that a priest does is to say mass. The mass is the highest form of prayer. The mass is what Christ gave us on the night before he died. Just as God, when he was about to set the Israelites free, instituted a sacred meal and sacrifice, the Passover sacrifice of the lamb and the meal with unleavened bread and wine, and commanded them to eat it not only the night before they were set free from physical slavery, but to repeat it every year. And when they did so, they would make present to their memories 
God's saving victory over Egypt when he set them free with the death of the firstborn, the blood of the lamb, which they spread over their doorposts. So just as God did that when he set them free from Egypt, so when God was about to set his people free from the slavery of the devil and the slavery of death, on the night before he did that, God gave us a new sacred meal, a sacrificial meal, in which the Lamb of God is offered up. The blood of the Lamb of God is poured out. And we eat that lamb under the form of unleavened bread. And we are called and told by our Lord, do this in memory of me, repeat it. And so the church has. And every time the church celebrates that sacred meal, that sacrificial meal, the mass, which he gave to us, the church makes present. Not just to our memory, but in fact, she makes present the one great sacrifice of the Lord. Not only his sacrifice, but also his resurrection, his ascension. She makes present his Passover from this world to the Father, by which we are saved. The Mass, the repetition of what Christ did at the Last Supper, makes present now what Christ made present at his Last Supper. He offered up himself ahead of time, the night before he died. But we look back. We make present also that same sacrifice, that same Paschal mystery in every Mass. And that is the most important thing that a priest does. Because he alone receives the power from Christ when he's ordained to do this in memory of him. To take the bread and to take the wine and to speak Christ's words. And when he speaks them because of his ordination, because the priest has received in his soul a new divine character. He is an instrument of Christ the priest and Christ speaks through him. So that when the priest says, this is my body, becomes the body of Jesus. And this is the chalice of my blood. Jesus is saying those words through him and by the power of the Holy Spirit, wine becomes the blood of Christ. And there on the altar, Symbolically separated is his body and his blood, which was separated on the cross. And the mass symbolizes and makes present what it symbolizes, his death, his sacrifice. So that we, throughout our lives, can bring our lives, our sufferings, our projects, our anxieties, we can bring them to his cross through the mass. We can offer up the Mass for the greatest needs of the church and our lives and our families, those who have died. The Mass is the means by which Christ would perpetuate his sacrifice. In fact, his whole Passover mystery, his Paschal mystery, his death, resurrection, ascension, the Mass is the means by which he makes that present throughout history. And then he feeds us. He feeds us with himself. 
Why? Not so that we can transform the food into ourselves like we do with normal food. No, this food transforms those who receive it into himself, into what they eat. We become what we eat. We become like Christ. And so we vest a priest in his priestly vestments because the greatest thing that he did in his life was to say mass. And St. Philip, after he died in his priestly vestments, his body was like it was still alive. Why? Well, God did that as a kind of sign, a sign of what? That the real priest, Jesus Christ, is still alive. St. Philip was a symbol, an instrument of the one priest of Christianity. We have one mediator, one high priest, Jesus Christ, but he acts in his individual priests. And that one mediator died, but he rose and he ascended into heaven in his human body. And as a sign that Christ is alive in heaven, he sometimes lets his priests keep their bodies intact, keep them as though they were still alive, keep them from corruption, to remind us that Christ's priesthood lives on. Even though St. Philip died, God would raise up other priests. And St. Philip, in a particular way, was called to give the church a new way of priesthood or to revive a more ancient way of the priesthood, the oratorian way where priests live together in common without vows, out of charity alone, so they might pray, they might say mass and hear confessions and minister the sacraments, and they might preach, hand on the word of God, the daily word of God, O oh, St. Philip, beg Jesus Christ, our high priest, beg Mary, the mother of priests, send forth more laborers into his harvest. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.